Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. 12 days to go to the London City Marathon, my first marathon, and a bit like going to see you 2 at Slane. People say very annoying things. Oh, you'll never, I couldn't put it into words what the first marathon is like. But there is a certain amount of truth to that. You can't know what it's like to do this thing until you actually do this thing. Well, someone who has done it exceptionally well is with me as always. The GOAT, the Queen of Irish Athletics, Sonia O'Sullivan, who of course won the Dublin City Marathon. Was that your first outing at a marathon, Sonia? It was, yeah. It was a kind of a surprise marathon debut, I suppose. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be what most people would do now. Most um, (laughs) professional runners, I suppose, they'd have a bit of a a long-term plan on you know when they were going to have their first marathon and the big build-up and everything else yeah. um so i ran the dublin marathon way back in 2000 so nearly 23 years ago wow. and it was off the back of the olympics you know i suppose maybe this was my way of uh, you know social media you know <laughs> getting out there and being social because yeah, we didn't yeah. have it back then the 30th and of October, uh, 2000, two hours, 35 minutes, 42 seconds. Do you know that time off the top of your head now? Or do you remember it well? Not really, no. I mean, I kind of, I always think I was around 2.35 or 2.36. I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that ingrained in my head at all. No, no. I think I didn't set out with a goal time in mind. Um, I think what attracted me in some ways to the Dublin Marathon was that, um, the, the winning times for the women was not very fast. So mm. I kind of thought, yeah, I, maybe I could win that race and it would be a bit of fun <laughs> oh my God. and something to kind of focus on because it was right after the Olympics. It wasn't long after the Olympics. Yeah. And I'd had a couple of weeks off and then I felt like I was getting unfit. So I didn't really want to get unfit, but I had no reason to kind of focus on anything. Mm. And then I happened to be, I had a book that I was launching in Dublin on the same day. And I just happened to be in a, a cafe in Teddington and a, a English marathon runner, Richard Naruka, was in there. And we were having a chat. And he said he was going to Dublin on the 30th of October for the Dublin Marathon. And I'm like, oh, that's the day of my book launch. Maybe I'll run. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how it and happened. So that was, yeah, and it was, I think it was like just over two weeks later because I was able to get two long runs in before. Um, I went and I spoke to my coach, Alan Story, and I kind of told him, you know, why I thought I could do this and maybe I could just do a marathon as a long run. And there was no kind of, I wasn't doing it to see how I would go with the distance or anything. It was just kind of, well, maybe it's on. Why don't I do this? Wow. And he said... Well, if you're going to do it, you're going to need to do a couple of long runs. So in a way, I suppose that's why, you know, whenever I'm helping people with their training for the marathon, that you always fall back and say, well, the long run is the most important thing that you have to get that in. So that's what I did. I did two two hour runs or two Sundays before. And then the race must have been on the bank holiday Monday, I think. So then mm-hmm. I had a a week and a day to kind of taper it. 
after my long run. And oh, so, I mean, people are going to be shaking their heads listening to this. I mean, it's the most it, unconventional, yeah, marathon preparation for sure. I have so many questions, and we we will get into all the questions that you guys have submitted. Loads of listener questions, loads of first time uh, marathon runners joining me for London this year or heading to Dublin in October themselves. Uh, I'll also give you guys a little review of my final long run at the Phoenix Park. We'll take you out for the sights and sounds of that. And uh, Vinnie Mulvey will join me later on. Vinnie has, of course, been coaching myself and Sonia for the last few months. Now, I'd imagine that even with all of the training you had and, as you say, all the fitness that had been built up, it being post-Olympics, that even then the conventional wisdom among your peers was Sonia why are you doing this probably yes but I you know I had no way of knowing that because no, nobody really knew I was doing it I just turned up on the start line I called up Jim Oakley the week before and I asked him you know do you think I could have a number to start the race and he said yeah of course and um he handed me my number at the start line um <laughs> It was, it was, it was funny. We were talking about this last night. We were talking about when you could fly from Cork to Dublin. And that's what I was doing. I flew to Cork, from Cork to Dublin the night before. And the weirdest thing, I was nearly not running the Dublin Marathon because the plane coming in from Dublin, it ran off the runway. And it was one of these small planes and it must have got stuck in the mud. It was pouring rain out. And um, yeah, it was touch and go. It, we were going to even get to Dublin that night. And they gave us vouchers to get some dinner in the airport, which was nothing special. <laughs> I can't even remember what yeah. I ate, but it was definitely not any you know, proper marathon fueling or anything like that. So I think I just got through it on you know, guts and determination. Eventually, mm. the plane did go late at night and we got to Dublin. And, you know, so I was never thinking of not running once I was there. Um, because, you know, to me, it was I was just going for a long run. And Alan's story, my coach, had said, you know, if it comes, uh, you know, 18, 20 miles and, you know, you're in bits and you can't finish it, then you just have to stop because, you know, there's, you're not expected to finish this run. Mm -hmm. This is just, you know, if it works out, it does great. Yeah. And I mean, it was so, it was a very cold and wet day. It wasn't very nice. And... I had a t-shirt on underneath my singlet and my intention was to, you know, somehow while I was running around, take this t-shirt off <laughs> Never <laughs> when got I got to. too hot. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good at getting changed, you know, <laughs> yeah. I run. And, um, but it never happened because it was just really, you know, once you get wet and cold and it was hard work. But the running part actually felt really good up until 18 miles or so. Um, it wasn't, it started, it, that's when... I realized, you know, that we've got eight miles to go here. Mm. That's still a fair way to go. And that's when I had to, you know, start kind of concentrating and digging deep, you know, digging a bit deep. And, you know, not it, there was the, 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 the laughing and chatting was stopping then. <laughs> that was the end. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, I know all about it now in terms of the uh, when the silence kicks in on these long runs, you know that people are starting to work. And that was certainly our experience on uh, Saturday. Holy Saturday, a gang of listeners joined us down there. And I'll play you guys some audio from that when we go around the parishes later in the show. But guts and grit and determination are the things that keep coming up when I ask people this question about what can't you know until you do the marathon? Was that your initial takeaway that, oh, this 18 mile point where you go, ah, there's still a substantial portion to go, that realization that this is going to call on something in you that you won't have known until now? Yeah, I think you, you get to a point where you've been before. And you think, you know, this is nice. And because you're operating and probably a slightly faster pace than your normal long runs would be, then when you get to that point when there's about an hour to go, then you're a bit more fatigued than you normally would be. And Mm. that's when, you know, all of a sudden you realize this is not a long training run anymore. This is a race here now. And I've got to get to the finish line. And, you know, it may not be a race against time it might just be a race you know to finish to complete it and how to do that as best you can and I think you start breaking things down in your head you know it becomes like eight miles then it becomes six miles which is 10k and you know you start if you're like me you'd start switching between miles and kilometers and how many miles to go you know two times three miles because two park runs a park run to go <laughs> and you know it's little things like that that you just try and break it down into bite-sized pieces that you can achievable pieces okay well, we'll get through this and then we'll think about the next block rather than thinking about mm. oh I've got six miles to go here um, because that's when it does get really difficult is you know that six miles to go because you're definitely getting a bit tired you know you you might get start to feel cramps in your calves a little bit I've had that before and you just have to talk yourself through a lot of it and try and distract yourself Mm. and sometimes you can do that by having you know you know where there's going to be people waiting to cheer you on so you're looking forward to that you maybe know some landmarks along the way so you know what to look out for when you come back under the tower bridge on the way back in and you're heading for Big Ben and you know the finish line is in sight so it's a good idea to have a look at the back and you know see little highlights along the way that you can look out for you know you're not on a scenic tour and you know really looking out for things but things that stand out that you know are landmark mile markers along the way that get you through it and you know London is one of these races where it's just so noisy on the course and especially that last 10k that you you just get kind of carried along by the wave of cheering and the amount of people on the side you, you, you get there somehow hmm. and hopefully you get there you know in one piece <laughs> yeah. well hopefully <laughs> nice that you added that in at the end there is that fear i mean there is that image in your mind the london marathon's instagram page posts jelly-legged videos of people being carried across the line who who are clearly well-established and good club runners who have 
got it wrong somewhere in their pacing, in their fueling or just in their health on the day. There, there is that fear. And we talked about Maranoia uh, last week on the show, if people want to go back and listen to that. But I put this question to uh, the listeners in our WhatsApp group. There is an Irishman running abroad WhatsApp group. If you'd like to join it, we have a link that you can join and get into the conversation even further over there. And a few things that came back, you know, what can't you know until you actually run a marathon? Uh, Shane straight in said, how much of a challenge stairs are going to be <laughs> the next day? Did you have that experience considering this was going to be such a shock to your system? The first one, Sonia, were you oh. were you in ribbons after it? Yeah, it was definitely sore afterwards and stairs were the big problem. <laughs> and not going up the stairs, but coming down the stairs is right. the big thing. And yeah. a lot of it is just from the pounding on the roads. So if you don't do a whole lot of your running on the road, Mm. then you definitely will be impacted by just the constant pounding on the hard surface. Mm. Um, So that definitely got me. Um, The next day I had to get a flight to New York. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I was cooped up in there for a while. And, yeah, there was no inflatable pants to put on then uh, to... uh, to get the legs working in some way what were the what was the cure-all back then was it deep heat no i don't think it was deep heat. <laughs> probably an ice pad of some kind but i think you know for me it was i suppose the biggest mistake that i did was you know you run the marathon and then i just kind of shut down everything mm. and then it's kind of hard to restart again mm. and yeah that was the hardest thing for me was that i went out there and i did it but then I had no real plan afterwards so I think it's probably a good idea to have some kind of a plan for the week after the marathon okay how you're going to come out of this and right you know you know if it's maybe going for a walk the next day then maybe somehow a bit of a walk and a jog there's definitely a point where you've put so much time and effort into preparing for the marathon then running the marathon completing the marathon that it's very easy to just kind of say I just don't want to run anymore now. Like, <laughs> I need a break from this. <laughs> I'm retired and, for the next two weeks. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah, you can just totally shut down and, you know, all the good things you've done, you throw them all out the window. Mm. And that, in a way, I think it definitely makes it harder to restart again. Yeah. And it's how to manage that in a way that's, I suppose, uh, a kind of being ki- you're still being kind to yourself. Mm. and you're allowing yourself the rest and the recovery but you're also bringing a bit of running back into your into your legs again and and using a level of running to help you to recover and i think you know a lot there's a lot people do this a lot better now because back in you know 2000 and before that people didn't run so many marathons in a year you know and so they could take that time off and then restart again and take the time to build back up whereas now people just get over it pretty quick and then before you know it they're back up training for the next event yeah i mean there's just so many races isn't there there's certainly i never remember there being races advertised on every roundabout in every town of of ireland it's wonderful to see but there's uh there is that trade-off isn't there that there certainly has to be a decision around self-kindness that's made and i think that's a top tip in terms of making a plan 
for afterwards and I'll obviously talk to Vinnie Mulvey later on about that when he joins us Paula Bradshaw was in touch to say the one thing that she thinks you won't know until you run your first marathon is how and when and the timing of what nutrition you should take and what suits you best I mean this is obviously I, I, I don't want to keep going on about back in your day, but surely in 2000 there wasn't a load of gels going on during the race, was there? I don't remember any, no. I, I definitely didn't have any. I can remember because it was so cold and raining and I asked Alan about, you know, what what should I have for drinks? Because I would have seen, you know, people run marathons and hmm. heard all the talk about drinks on the run and stuff and he said, well, it's not that warm, so you really won't need any proper fueling. You just need some water. You might need a bit of water along the way. And I can remember somebody handed me a bottle of water, one of the other runners, when we were running at around 18 miles. And, you know, it's it's very difficult to drink and run at the same time. Mm. You know, you, you drink a bit of water and it goes down the wrong way and you start coughing and spluttering. So that takes a bit of practice, too, if you really want to try and include it. And particularly if you're going to be picking up Gatorade and stuff like that along the way, because you have no idea how that's going to react mm. when your body is, you know, you, it's kind of go, using everything it can to get you to run. So, you know, all your inner systems aren't working very well to be able to absorb and digest liquids that you're not used to taking. So that's you have to be really careful with that. Yeah. Um, and definitely, you know, I don't remember having any, I know I didn't have any gels back then. I don't know if they even existed. There probably was something. I can remember jelly beans or jelly, jelly babies was a big thing. And I think at 23 miles, Nick was out on the course with Kira in the pram in the pouring rain. <laughs> You know, handed me some jellies and I was like, ooh, this is nice. <laughs> but again, it was hard to chew them while running. Yeah, of course. Because it's, a, it's not an easy thing to do. And I mean, I even, I've had this experience when riding the bike. Because cyclists, they eat a lot while they're on the bike. But it can be quite hard to eat and to breathe, mm. you know, at the same. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's definitely something that you need to practice and to be able to do and not do it for the first time in the marathon. One thing that some people do is they will walk through the water stations. Yeah, this has come up They're, a bunch of times, and it seems kind of sacrilegious, doesn't it? But it, it seems to... It does. It works for some people, yeah. They think it's really effective. And, you know, that goes back to this whole walking and jogging that we talk about. You know, when your form starts to deteriorate, that you have a walk for a minute mm. and then you get going again and it's like you restart and it's probably not a bad idea particularly later in the race you know if you start to feel like oh i'm not feeling quite good i need to walk and restart the problem some people have is that they think oh if i stop i'll never get going again yeah everything will seize up i mean that that's a paranoia right there right that somehow <laughs> you'll think that the the car won't start if you pull in for petrol at all but that doesn't make any sense. I'd imagine that it just allows a bit more oxygen to get to where it needs to go. And I'll have to talk to Vinny about that and make a choice on that myself. I feel like I'm definitely somebody that could benefit from a little walk break during it. <laughs> Although I have do you remember. Had a, yeah. In any of your long runs, have you 
Have you planted any water bottles or drinks out there when you've had your long runs? Yes, and now mightn't be the worst time to go to the final long run, but definitely I will loop back to the car at the halfway point and would usually change T-shirt and drink uh, briefly and then keep going. So, yeah, if it has been part of the process, then maybe not the worst thing. Uh, We had such an incredible turnout, Sonia, for this final long run in the Phoenix Park, which is, of course, a crucial one. It's a confidence builder. It's a 32K long run around the most famous park in Dublin. Just legends showed up from everywhere, including Rojo and Ricardo, who literally just showed up to take photographs of the occasion. I'll post a few in the notes for the episode. Winona Grant was there, Patrick Keeney, Kieran O'Sullivan, Cahill Phelan, Fintan Cunahan, Ingrid Brannigan, Brangan, who's running London too, Paddy Martin, and of course, Jan O'Hernan. Here's a little taste of what went down on Saturday. After rehearse, taking recordings during the big thing. And in Cove, obviously my microphone let me down in a big way. I'm here with Cahill Phelan, we're on a... K number six, six and a half. Kyle was out here in the summer before Larn when we did a big long run, 29 degree heat. Now that wasn't much crack, was it, Kyle? No. <laughs> this is uh, we did a fast bit that day. We did, and we'll be yeah. doing that here too. All right, that wasn't in the brochure. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't advertise that. I thought that would affect the turnout. <laughs> but uh, I died that day. But you've been a beast all year. What have you run so far this year? You know, with a baby and everything, it's hard. Well, I was doing a lot of running before the baby, yeah. We did um, Dingle. It was training for Dingle, really. Yes. And Tough then, one. It was lovely. It wasn't one for a PB. You just kind of go around and enjoy it. It was a bit of a novelty course. Yeah, it was lovely. And um, so beautiful. Pubs afterwards, all the crack. Yeah, yeah, great vibes. But yeah, since then, kind of just trying to get the odd hour here and there yeah um, of course the new vest helps of course very fast very vest fast. has Wigan. to be said a run of Wogan my run results get it into you I'm going to get back to this get a gel into me kilometre nine uphill towards the monument Winona Grant beside me has two gorgeous wolves pass us by not wild wolves they're on the leash Winona's getting ready for Boston. She's going to renew this rivalry with Kiptogi that she has. <laughs> Absolutely. She was just telling me. She obviously ran Chicago. 1.5 million spectators. How hard is it to control your emotions in that? It's so hard because, like, you, like, you've goosebumps for the entire course. It's not like any race I've ever done where there's quiet places quiet spots it is just 42 kilometers of like screaming screaming shouting cheering like funny signs and you're just like looking at your watch being like I'm going too fast but like I feel good I feel great like um, because you obviously logged an incredible time there what was it? yeah 314 Um, what's the high like afterwards? we haven't actually discussed this Uh, the highlight was obviously coming back from the the shin injury was like to think oh if I complete this I'll be doing well and previous PB was 322 in Belfast um, so I thought right if I can get a sub 4 <laughs> we're doing great holy shit 350 <laughs> wow. yeah so that was the Boston kind of qualifier um, so that sealed the deal <laughs> so afterwards like is there 
Like, I can picture myself bawling my eyes out. Oh, what I, happened? I bawled my eyes out. I uh, found an Irish guy, as you do, who also crossed, crossed the finish line. Same time, uh, we walked. There's a, the funny thing. It's called the 27th mile. So yeah. that's where you meet your family. And they're not joking. It is a mile walk from the finish line uh, to where you meet your family. And we walked there just sobbing. And... Uh, <laughs> And then I, I fainted. I actually no. I actually from pure, I didn't know for pure emotion. I just, from emotion. Yeah. <laughs> or lack of sugar. I don't know. I like. I had taken more. I taken the same amount of gels I'd always taken in training. Uh, and the weeks afterwards. The weeks after was trying to rest as much as possible. Um, physio, like. Physio, I'm a, right? I'm a devil for physio. Like I'm. Vinnie Moldy in the house. Like, yeah. Like honestly, I'm a. I'm a weekly physio person. So. Okay. Every. Every Tuesday morning. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. Yeah. Great yeah. advice, Monona. Enjoy the rest of this. You're only going to do one lap of this. I'm doing 20k today, yeah. So I did a 3k warm-up and 6k today. Okay, very nice. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. We did it. 32 kilometers. The hardcore are still here. Guys, how did you find that, Ingrid? You're another person training for London. I found that good, yeah. Beautiful day in the park here. All good. Good company. Yeah, what's so- the truth? I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are very strong, it has to be said. Wes joined us as well. Now, Wes has been here for nearly every single run of these long runs. I really am uh, grateful to you, Wes, and Jan specifically, because you can't do this. Like, nobody can train for a marathon by themselves, and if they do, it's really fucking hard, which you've done, obviously, by yourself, without I, any help. I've trained loads of marathons on my own, and this is a lot better, a lot easier to yeah. have people running with you. Yeah, just even just the chat makes it, makes it seem smaller. Fintan and Jan are over here. Jan is deep in thought. He's obviously thinking about Connemara and those hills. Uh, how was today for you, Jan? Did yeah. it build a bit of confidence? Yeah, it was tough, and and it's a tough days that makes you know you can do it, yeah. or at least it, give it a go anyway. Yeah, well, look, best of luck in Connemara, Jan. Fintan, uh, annoyingly fit. No, I uh, missed just the so I had to play catch up, but it was lovely to hook up with everybody, and the weather was lovely as well. So it's magic. I can't wait for the, Nick, so. the the next the next big one. Now we'll just have to do a very casual meet up. Paddy's here, man. We met at the Wicklow half marathon. Yeah. stormed ahead of me on the line today was another great boost yeah confidence boost yeah. give me a boost for Connemara now make me confident that I should be able to do it we wait yeah. and see in the day well look I hope uh, I shout out to everybody who had to buzz off who went halfway through including Winona Grant and many others uh, we also had Ricardo and Rojo out taking photos so we'll post those in the group for everybody to see thanks a lot guys let's get a round of applause for ourselves <laughs> great chat there Sonia with uh, Winona Grant who is probably the most accomplished of all the runners that are there she's at the moment training for Boston as she said um, just the insight into the emotion afterwards I think it's the culmination of you know so much time preparing for it the training the talking about it the exhaustion it, yeah well that that comes at the very very end I think you know that's when I think people they can contain their emotions throughout the whole preparation of getting ready for the marathon because it's all the excitement and the build-up. Mm. And then I think it's the reality hits people when they cross the finish line that they actually completed this. Yeah, And it's not like a 10K or a half marathon, you know, which you can much easier recover from and go back out and do again next week. Um, the marathon, it's definitely something especially for the first time marathon runner is 
you know, in the back of their mind, there's always this question, can I do this? Mm. Because you have not covered that distance in training. Um, and mentally, I think you can prepare yourself for it very well. Because you just all of a sudden, when you go into an event, the adrenaline kind of shot that you get, it gives you a huge boost. And as long as you can use that to your advantage and contain it rather than like and not get too excited when the start goes off that I think if you can contain yourself then you can use that adrenaline to get you a long way down the road mm. and to the point that then you know you're capable okay I can do 10k um I can you know get through the first 5k of the last 10k and then there's only 5k to go and then it's you know one mile at a time yeah. so I think the best thing you could do, and I'm sure Vinny will advise you as well, but, and I should have done this myself last week in Cove, is that you set off with the pace that you, you know, the pace you'd ideally like to finish up with. Like, don't try to bank time early because very rarely will that save you. And will you, you know, need that banked time you're going to lose it if you try and get too much early on. So you're better off setting out with the pace makers who are going the pace that you want to go and then hoping that this is going to feel way too slow. So then I'm going to actually get to further down the road in a good, a good situation that maybe I can kick on from this and, and really enjoy the last 10k. Oh my God, <laughs> I just rubbed <laughs> my face there. I mean, the idea of it, Sonia, you're in Augusta at the moment, right? So Sonia was at the Masters. Uh, we haven't even talked about it. What a buzz that must have been. Uh, while I was chasing around Phoenix Park, convincing myself that even though 32 kilometres was so hard, I thought I was about to die, that I can do 42. You were following Shane Lowry around Augusta, willing him on. What What was that like? Yeah, it was... It was very different, you know, to To hear the rest of my conversation with Sonia Sullivan and our coach, Vinnie Mulvey, head over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. For the price of a pint each month, you can get access to three episodes a week of our podcast, including double size episodes with Sonia every Wednesday. This one goes all kinds of different directions as Sonia really digs into what are these things that you can't find out until you run the actual race. And Vinny jumps on the line to talk about my plan specifically, how you're going to fuel this and how learning to be ready for what the unexpected will throw at you on the day is a mindset shift that everybody needs to take. If you're training for any kind of a race, you'll need to hear this advice from the greatest of all time, Sonia Sullivan, and of course, our coach, Vinnie Mulvey. It's all there on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad.